Warning, content not suitable for children. Listener discretion advised, yo. Hey everyone, quick message from Tucson's Rising Phoenix Fitness and Defense. Help treat anxiety and depression with martial arts training and education. Develop the confidence, skills, and fitness you need to stay safe. Our focus is real-world self-defense tactics, practical and effective for everyone. You can find them at 4500 East Speedway Boulevard, number 4, Tucson AZ 85712. Or you can call them at 520-838-1592. They are open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. So hit them up. Learn martial arts, very therapeutic, and you can learn to kick ass and kick depression's ass as well. So um, hit them up. Screaming Chewy Show. Your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. And it starts now. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Screaming Truly Show. I'd like to welcome comedy legend here, six Emmy Award winning Bruce Valanche. How you doing, Bruce? I'm screaming. <laughs> hey, you got to have been accused of being screaming. So there you go. <laughs> so how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm carrying on. You know, I haven't worn pants since last March 12th. I've wow. been four times, once with a belt. Uh, so, what? but I'm sitting, I, I, you know, I, I work a lot at the, uh, I write, you know, and I can sit here going commando and unless I stand up by mistake and do a Jeffrey Tubin, I'm okay. And, uh, no, no sitting on your balls. <laughs> Constantly. Constantly. But that's one of the pleasures of old age. You know, I, I can't wait to get there. You got to sit on your balls, which is a whole new thing. Maybe I should tell people that, right? If somebody calls me old, I'd be like, well, you know, I haven't I haven't sat on my balls yet, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah but, you know, the toilet water. Somehow, it's, you're you're closer to it than you were. I've uh, been there. Nature. I, Nature's charms. You know, I've kind of teabagged a little bit in the toilet, you know, when it gets hot. <laughs> <laughs> there so, you go. So you were um, you also a, a writer, right, for... Uh, uh, Hollywood Squares? Yeah, I was a head writer during the, the Whoopi version because it's, you know, it's been around forever. I mean, it started like in 1967. It was on 14 years. And we were the ones that came out in the late 90s. Uh, and so I was on, I was a square. I was next to Whoopi. I was there to tame her. And, uh, and I was the head writer. Yes. Guilty. Guilty as charged. 
Also, man. And um, so, uh, so how was it? Um, uh, do you find it pretty easy writing or you also act as well, right? I do. Yeah, I do all of that. I strip too, but I, <laughs> the demand for that is not what it was. But I'm I'm releasing a video now, but it, it has to be seen in IMAX, so I, it'll have kind of a limited distribution. <laughs> but yes, I, I started as a child actor. I was a child actor. I was never a child star. Otherwise, we'd be having this conversation in rehab. I was a child actor, and uh, and I just and I became a writer because I was I I would go up for parts when I was too young for them, and I I, I looked older. I looked older. I had a deep voice. I was heavy. And I was uh, auditioning opposite actors who were the real thing. So I knew I wasn't going to get the work. So I started writing about it. And then I discovered that I could get work writing. So I, I've always gone back and forth between the two. Wow. And which one do you like prefer better? Or acting. You know, uh, you, you get to pretend you're somebody else and you get the gratification uh, of an audience. Uh, even if you're on uh, just doing it on camera, uh, you get the the crew is watching you, but there is something about uh, inhabiting uh, another body and or performing that is very gratifying. It's very satisfying. Writing is a different story. It's satisfying as well, but it's very personal, and uh, you have to kind of create a fantasy world, or you know, you have to be into yourself a lot. And even though a lot of the writing I do is collaborative, and so we all get to laugh at each other. Uh, it doesn't have the rush that performing has. You know, writing, sometimes I have some good ideas in my head, and but I'm so horrible at writing. I'm so horrible at expressing myself on, on paper, you know? You know, but look, it's the thing. I have a feeling that Picasso was not a great writer either. <laughs> but he came up with some other stuff. So Very true. Yeah. Everybody has their own you know, talents. Exactly. <laughs> It's what, you know, it's whatever you're wired with and how, it, you know, if you're nurtured, I was nurtured. My, uh, my parents enabled me because they, they realized I was happy when I was making faces in the mirror. And so they encouraged that and rather than saying, oh, don't do that. That's not dignified. They said more. And so uh, I, I, lear I had, was having fun and they realized I was happy when I was doing it. So they, they kept encouraging it. They weren't like real, you know, like gypsy, like saying, sing out, Louise. That was not them. <laughs> they, but they just wanted me to be able to make a living. That was their only concern. <laughs> How do you make a living at this stuff? That was what they wanted. My father was a doctor. Uh, my mother <clears throat> was like a showgirl, but she never really got to be a real showgirl because she married uh, very young and, um, and, then, uh, and was a doctor's wife. But she was fascinated by show business and her, her side of the family was very, they were all like characters, you know, everybody was nuts on her side of the family. And she actually had an uncle who was a comic in the Catskills, not a successful comic, but a comic in the Catskills. So I grew up surrounded by all of that. Well, so you had an audience, you know, since before you even started acting. Exactly right. But there's, there, I don't have the evidence really. I mean, like Billy Crystal has a, a video of him filmed actually pre-video film of him tap dancing when he was like, you know, six years old, entertaining at Thanksgiving, that kind of stuff. We didn't, we never did that. <laughs> we didn't think about that. Oh, we didn't have a camera. We didn't have motors. My father was a doctor, but he didn't have those kinds of motor skills. <laughs> he used them all in his professional life. 
those big huge cameras you carry on your shoulder uh they were uh, probably yeah that's what they were actually at the time they were you know it was before everything before everything was convenient it was like you could do anything but it was it was a uh, difficult uh, driving was there were you know there wasn't power steering and there were clutches and so you know so, so the, all the jokes about women drivers were basically because because most women just weren't strong enough to actually control the car <laughs> because I, I don't know if they were driven without power steering but it's a bitch turning a corner is a big deal and remembering the clutch and all that stuff the stick shift i mean you know nascar drivers can remember all that stuff but just you know an average person but, you know, I grew up, that's the era I grew up in the 50s, and uh, it was all just changing. Conveniences were coming in. <laughs> you know, you have a good point there about having the strength on my truck, the power steering holes busted. God damn, man. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, it is crazy. I mean, I, I, I had a problem with my the power steering went out, and it was like, what's happened to this car? And that was all it was, and, it, you know, it was fixed easily, but... Uh, the idea of all of a sudden it was it was so I mean it, it's like a PT cruiser but this is not a I could push it you know <laughs> <laughs> man so uh, is there anything else you like to do you know any um do you play music or no I would uh, I, I learned piano but I was no good at it I didn't have the spread and uh, um, it was, uh, I, I don't have any, uh, no, I never learned, I never learned to read music and I never played an instrument and those were not where my talents lie. So, uh, um, so, I, uh, so I didn't. Uh, and I, you know, I kind of regret that because it would be nice to sit down and noodle, noodle out a tune at the piano and, uh, but it's a little late for all of that. Man, piano, I've never tried it, but it looks pretty fucking difficult. You know, how you're doing two things with two different hands. Um, I couldn't even... I think that's why if you learn it, it's like it's like riding a bike. You learn it as a child, it's easy. So learn it as an adult because you're too scared about falling because you know the consequences. When you're a kid, you don't know what's going to happen if you fall. You'll, you'll get up. You know, it's just like you don't, you don't think that way. You haven't been trained. You've got to be carefully taught. <laughs> You know, that's a very good point. Um, do you think it's the same with acting? Do you think some people can, like, learn it, or do you think you're just born with it? Well, it's a very good question. I, I think that uh, because a lot of, like, uh, a lot of uh, musicians, you know, like Mary J. Blige is a really good actress, and I don't know that she started out as, as – I mean, she started out as a rapper. Queen Latifah started out as a rapper. And just those, those two examples, they became really good actresses. Um, I, they they had it in them, but whatever it, the thing that connects them to uh, a character and to to projecting it, they've got. And maybe the hip hop was just what they did to be to, to get in because it was something they could do. You could be a female rapper, and that was unusual. And maybe they just channeled their performance energy into that. And they they all they had it going from the beginning. They just weren't allowed to exhibit it. And then as they got more famous, more options presented themselves, you know, and they could they could start working the other that other side of their talent. Because talent is talent, you know. I suppose if you if you really wanna to break out, I mean, performing talent is uh, I mean, it doesn't mean you're gonna be a great painter because you know how to sing, but um, 
if you are a performance artist, uh, you can channel into different kinds of performing. Stop me when I get real boring. No, no, not at all, man. <laughs> I like it. Like, love your insight. And I agree with you. Um, you know, also like Ice Cube, he was a rapper, and you know, now he's a really good actor as well. Very funny. Did you see Saturday Night Live last night? No. Keenan Thompson did Ice Cube. It was hysterical. Oh God, was I gotta really watch it. There was a sketch. The guy from Bridgerton was on Reggae, Reggae John uh, Page, and and the joke was, uh, it was uh, Ego. Uh, Egan Wodum was a, a talk show host and she was having um, uh, British actors. And, uh, and so it was like a parade of people who you thought were Americans and they were really, they were really British, but they weren't. I mean, and then finally it was Ice Cube coming on pretending to be British because he was <laughs> catch on the trend. It was hilarious. It's a really very funny sketch. Man, I, I can't and even. They're never as good as they are when you describe them as when you see them, but. I love SNL. You know, they're still running strong, man. Really good show. You know, pardon me. They've been on for almost 50 years. And every year, people bitch like, it's not as good as it was. It's the old, you know. And then you see an episode from the, from the beginning and you go, eh, okay. So some weeks are great. Some weeks are terrible. Some weeks, some sketches are brilliant. Some just sort of sit there, you know. They, they, they've got to do it. The, the amazing part is that they keep Lorne Michaels, who's older than I am, uh, keeps captaining this ship, and every week they come up with stuff that's relevant to the audience that wants to watch. So, and a lot of the criticism comes to people who have aged out of it, and who who are very busy dismissing what the what a younger audience is interested in, basically sex. Yeah, <laughs> right for real. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the jokes are sex jokes and people who are beyond sex already <laughs> or or are not beyond sex and are faintly embarrassed by that <laughs> don't want to see that, don't want to hear those jokes. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, which one, um, uh, on SNL, which one is your favorite, like the favorite host, you know, was it, you know, um, Tom McDonald or the Chris Farley days? The, the host, when, when I worked on the show, I, I worked mostly with the host. Uh, I think that uh, Justin Timberlake was a great host on that show. And he's like all purpose because he really can sing and really can dance and, uh, and, and makes fun of himself and throws himself into the thing. Alec Baldwin was, is a great host because he'll do anything. Uh, Tom Hanks. I mean, the people who've been on it a lot, Steve Martin, the people who are members of the five-time hosting club, they're, uh, they're, I mean, they're really great, but I, I mean, I, there have been a million people through that joint, so to pick out somebody who's a favorite, you know, I miss Leslie Jones only because she has this energy that nobody else has. I mean, she's just this huge black woman and she's mad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, angry mad and also nuts mad. And, uh, and she just does it so well. And, and I, you know, I just miss her because she's a flavor. They haven't really replaced her and and you know people rise last night Chloe Feynman did Britney Spears and a couple of other things and all of a sudden it was like well where's she been for the last two years well you know it's that process you percolate while you're there and then eventually you kind of hit your hit your stride yeah many successful actors you know comedy you know they they came from SNL they went back to SNL you know it's it's a 
a lot been, of talent. It's been, I mean, unbelievable. And, and the list of people who've become mega stars all over the thing is just gigantic. I mean, Lauren has got the stuff. What can I tell you? So how, how was it, man, being on SNL? Working on it, it was, it's a pressure cooker. And uh, uh, I haven't worked on it in years. When I was there, uh, it was a little uncomfortable because there, there, it was uh, everybody was out for themselves. Uh, I, I think it, it was years ago and it hadn't settled in. I mean, what had settled in was that you could use this as an avenue to become a big movie star. And everybody was trying to connect, create characters that they could then turn into movies. And uh, there's always a scramble to get your stuff on the air. And one way that you get your stuff on the air is to make sure that everybody else's stuff is lousy. So people would only work hard on their own stuff and they would kind of walk through everybody else's stuff. And it was not a pleasant, it was, it was not a pleasant environment. Um, oh, yeah, wow. There was also there was a lot of substance abuse as well. And a lot of homophobia, which is, you know, something I, I never, being a gay person, I never particularly enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and a lot of misogyny, they, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys who said, well, you know, women aren't funny. And, and so that was all, and the girls had to fight for everything, for everything. So it was, um, it, it, it's gotten better, obviously, like everything else. I mean, you know, it got woke, but uh, before there was a woke. <laughs> right? Like like Keenan Thompson said, I'm not going to play black women anymore. You're going to have to go hire some black women. You know, and Leslie Jordan was a writer on the show and they upped her to performer because I guess she was really funny in the room. So they made her a performer. But it was uh, things like that that, that, that changed it and made it, uh, made it, I think, I don't know, I haven't been there, so I can't tell you if it's less hostile than it was. <laughs> but <laughs> Sounds very competitive. It's pretty hostile. And it seems like you just described Hollywood as well, right? Well, you know? I was thinking that myself. I said, what am I talking about? I mean, that show business, that's Hollywood. Everybody's out of themselves. Oh, my God, I'll cry now. <laughs> um, the, uh, um, yeah, it's. I guess it's a metaphor for show business generally. <laughs> Except, you know, the, the uh, there are limitless opportunities. But when you're in that that space, that the opportunity is to create something in that space. And so it's not like, well, if this doesn't work, I don't have to worry. Because if you don't, if it doesn't work, you won't have that space anymore. You know, so it was uh, uh, nobody felt safe. <laughs> Man, every day is like. You're I, think wondering. That, I think that has probably changed. I think that uh, as as the, the the show has become more embracing of of other people and other types. Yeah, that's good. You know, people are, and like you said, you know that. There was a lot of homophobia back then, but it seems like it's a lot more accepted nowadays, you know, which you should. I mean, oh, it's legal now, <laughs> right? You know, we can get married. And uh, I mean, we are part of the mainstream of American society. Uh, but, you know, we're a minority like every other minority. Every minority, you know, I'm Jewish and we've been fighting longer than, <laughs> than gay people. Right? We've organized longer than gay people. The bar is open. Sit back, grab a cold one, and get ready for the news you didn't even know you needed. From the frozen wasteland of western North Dakota to the tropical playground of Florida, 
It's time for tales of wonder and amazement. Put the kids to bed and pour yourself a drink. Lock the doors and close the blinds. Break out the cocaine and hookers. It's time for happy hour news. I'm Anthony. I'm Sarah. And we're the hosts of the A period, C period, T period podcast. That's right, the ACT podcast. You gotta put the periods in between. I told you it was gonna be too hard to find. Don't worry, folks. It's not a show about acting. Thank God. It's a show about anything and everything. Like how tiny your penis is. Yep. We cover sex, religion, politics, day-to-day life, and... And how tiny your penis is. Yes, we got that. Well, I just want to make sure people realize that we make fun of everything. Of course we do. We even have a blind Asian that comes in. Yes, yeah, so if you want to have some fun and laugh at our ridiculous attempts of humor, come join us on the ACT Podcast. The ACT Podcast. Available on all podcast platforms. Hey, so I'm sure you've noticed I've been getting a lot more celebrity guests on my show. And this is all thanks to Steve Joyner. He's a publicist. And man, this guy takes his work seriously. He does not fuck around. And this guy is keeping me busy, yo. He, yeah, I'm just getting so many celebrity guests. Thank you so much, Steve Joyner. And um, if you yourself are an actor, director, producer, and you are looking for a uh, publicist, do not hesitate to contact Steve, right? He is a really cool guy. You'll love him, okay? His phone number is 816-605-4561. Or if you would like to email him, it's uh, all one word, starts with a capital S. And it's stevesjnetwork at gmail.com. So again, starts with a capital S. And then it's T-E-V-E-S-J-N-E-T-W-O-R-K at gmail.com. Tell him Screamy Chewy sent you. You will not be disappointed. And uh, yeah, so big shout out to you, Steve. Thanks again, bro. Peace. So, um... Yeah, whenever you're a part of any any kind of a, a minority, that's that's what that's what politics is about right now. Very true. And um, hey, how was it being on The Simpsons? It was hysterical because I mean, it was you know it was one. I, I was on Hollywood Squares, and so they called me. I was I was you know very, when you're on television every night, you get all kinds of weird offers, and they came along. They wanted me to do this one line, and I had to go into the studio and record the one line. And uh, uh, and they sent me a trunk of Simpsons swag that they don't put out uh, publicly. Nice. And it was, it was hysterical. I mean, I have Homer Simpson's bowling bag and a ball in it. It looks like an egg yolk. And it's got no holes in it. But it has three X marks and a note uh, in Magic Market. It says, drill holes here. So it, <laughs> you know. And then I, I dropping a name, I was... Uh, talking to Elizabeth Taylor, who I did a lot of AIDS benefits with. And she was on The Simpsons. She was the, the voice of Maggie, the baby, who said something like goo goo or mama. So get that. She also got a trunk full of Simpsons. And we were uh, we were comparing our Simpsons swag. And we had gotten different stuff, but she, she really coveted the bowling ball. 
So, you know, I was going to give her the bowling ball, but she said, no, she says, I think it's a great idea, but I have no place for a bowling ball. <laughs> you know, that's when you know you've made it, you know, when you show up on The Simpsons and it's so, uh, You know, people who wouldn't sleep with me in high school call me up now and say, oh, man, I, I missed a good trick. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, my, my kids love you because you're on The Simpsons. I, I have pride of place now in my family. Now it's like my grandkids love you because The Simpsons is 33 years old, something like that. So they've moved on to new generations of people who will point and say, who's that? <laughs> it's a trip, man. You know, you're pretty much immortalized. You know, you're just. You know, I've been on, uh, I've been on a, a bunch of those things. I mean, uh, South Park about three times, and uh, I was on SNL a few times, uh, where, uh, where people, Mad TV, somebody did me. Uh, but The Simpsons is the one that, like, it endures. <laughs> because The Simpsons endures, that's basically why. I mean, I was on season, season 11. They're now on, like, season 34. So. Wow, holy shit. Yeah. How was it being on South Park? Well, I, you know, I didn't know they did me. Uh, They've done, done shout-outs to me two or three times. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I just people called me and said, oh, my God, they did a joke about you on South Park. And it was, it was, uh, <laughs> um, it was, not, one was a Halloween. The kids were trick-or-treating. And they go to a door and they say, and they, and they're all dressed up as different characters. And it goes, goes down the line and this kid at the end of the line is dressed as the Incredible Hulk. And and the woman says, and you're Bruce Valange. That goes on, and then they had, I think Cartman was being was uh, was a superhero, uh, a raccoon superhero. He called the Coon. And oh, I remember that. The and then they would say, "Who is the Coon, really?" And they had a whole, "Bruce is is it Bruce Valange?" <laughs> Harvey Weinstein. Uh, I think it was like gay icons were all eligible to be the coon. <laughs> That's fucking great. I know. And then uh, Mad TV as well. Oh, I used Mad to know TV, Mad TV. Yeah, well, they did a parody of Hollywood Squares, and Will Sasso was me. And the, in the in their parody, the squares the squares collapsed. The whole thing collapsed, and I landed on Fran Drescher and killed her. I think <laughs> it was. Uh, a nihilistic version of uh, Hollywood Square. Oh man, you're taking me back, bro. I I, I used to love yeah. Mad TV, like Mad TV and SNL. Like, oh, those are my favorites right there. So you're up late, <laughs> right? Yeah. Even you know when going to school, like I, I've always been a night owl. I'd always stay up past eleven p.m. just just to watch yeah. those shows. My mother told me I was a nocturnal baby. I would be up all night, not fretting or anything. But she would go check on me to feel, and I'd be up already when she would feed me. And then I'd sleep all day. She'd have to wake me up to show me to people, you know, which is not a great thing to do. But she said, I gave you a cookie and you went back to sleep. And I said, oh, sure, that's where it started. <laughs> it all <laughs> makes sense. Give me a cookie and I'll do anything. <laughs> that's great. You have such support from your parents. You know, a lot of people as kids, they have dreams and parents are like, dad, I'm going to go be an electrician or, you know, go do this or that. You know? I was very lucky. I mean, you know, my mother was very controlling and we had other issues, but uh, in that regard, yeah, they were never, it was, uh, it was always about let's, let's 
find what he likes and what he's strong at and encourage him to do it and, uh, you know, make him, uh, give him self-confidence. They were all, that was, that was all great. It was a lot of other stuff where it wasn't quite so great, but it's too hey. late now. <laughs> right. You know, cons and pros, everything, you know, it's life. Well, at a certain point, you have to take responsibility for yourself. At a certain point, you have to stop living in denial and saying, this is what I'm going to do. With, uh, I'm just doing this for the time being. You know, you're doing it because this is what you're doing. And if you want to change it, barring some hideous misfortune, you can do it. You can change it. And uh, uh, most people are happy to live in denial, which is a lovely river. And <laughs> Very true. That's very true. It worked for Cleopatra. It can work for you. <laughs> you give great advice, bro. And um, so are you working on anything new right now? Yeah, but I got nothing to plug. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm, I wrote a musical and, uh, and, and we're about to get it done, but I don't want to say anything until it's actually happening. And I kind of, you know, yeah, I, I'm talking along. But it's not like, uh, you know, the old days where, where you, uh, the old days, where, where you were, I was doing stuff that was always, had a, had a, a, a sell-by date on it. You know, the thing about development is you can go on forever. Somebody, as, as somebody, very wise woman once said, uh, Hollywood is where you can be encouraged to death. <laughs> oh, wow. Because, you know, they'll keep giving you, oh, they'll throw money at you. They here, work on this, and then it'll never happen, and you know, some other thing. And <laughs> it's a, a very weird system, but it's paid off. What can I tell you? But I have nothing to plug. That, the bottom line is, you know, I'm Quarantina Turner. I'm sitting here typing away. But I got I've got nothing that I can say to you. And please watch this. None of that's Tina Turner. Quarantina <laughs> Turner. It's my new drag name. I love that. <laughs> I have a, a million drag names. I just you know I can't decide. Very that's, good. That's the current one. Racial profiling was one I had. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> oh, I but love. I that. had to retire her. She was not woke enough. <laughs> Oh, I got to use that Rachel profiling. Rachel oh, profiling. my God. <laughs> oh, man. And then I had, uh, for uh, a while, I was in Afghanistan, drag me, Delta Burka. <laughs> she, she worked, you know, there was a whole family, and then I was, uh, Osama bin drinking. <laughs> oh, God, that's I, a good one. <laughs> they're just, it's where Whoopi and I used to tra trade to this day, we trade drag names about, uh, you know. Uh, there was a drag rap queen, Heavy Flow Days. <laughs> we, were, we were trying to develop her into a character, and it just... It, really? Yeah, but we didn't we didn't have a, a spot for it anywhere. You know, Whoopi was not doing that kind of stuff. I mean, she can't come out on The View as Heavy Flow Days. So, uh <laughs> If she ever does a, she does a, um, she still does her one man, her one man, you know, her, her stand-up uh, when that comes back, you know, when live performance comes back. So maybe we'll throw it in there. I don't know. We, we tried, but it didn't quite gel. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> man, so living the life, just riding, sitting uh, with no pants, right? <laughs> Commando. <laughs> you know, I tried that, but... um. You know, when you fart and there's no pants, it smells more. 
and it just didn't. Well, there's nothing to absorb it, and of course, it's you know just whatever you're sitting on. There was a line that cracked me up on on Bob's Burgers, which I happened to be looking at the other night, where they where they they throw out a couch that everybody loves, and then they have to go through the through the trash, to, uh, the city dump, to to get it back because they can't find a couch that they like as much, and they have all these names for the couch, and one of them is Old Fart Catcher. <laughs> Oh, imagine how many farts have been on that couch. Really? Old fart catcher. Oh, I love it. You know, it. when I was writing a TV series, for real, uh, we couldn't, we could never get away with a joke like that. You know, and now it's, uh, I mean, Bob's Burgers is, I mean, it's animated. It's not a kid's thing. It's an adult thing. It's on at night. It's on, uh, it's hip enough to be part of Adult Swim. So it's, uh, uh, but but still, even so, you know that uh, you could never use the act. The word "fart" actually just didn't exist back then. But listen, that's yeah. progress. You're right, man. Some of the shit on TV now, like I remember South Park. After 10 p.m., uh, they would cuss and show nudity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe it was Comedy Central. So South Park, then that cartoon, uh, Drawn Together. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah, Drawn Together was hilarious. Yeah, they show, like, the princess's, uh, like, titties or her cooch. Like, they showed yeah. and they cussed. I was, I was shocked. <laughs> Late night on Comedy Central. Well, go now. Yeah, and um, great shows, man. I just wish they, they still continued uh, Metalocalypse. Ah. Wait, wait, which one? Metalocalypse? Uh, Metalocalypse. It was the same guy who made Bob's oh, Burgers. Oh, 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 okay. I, right. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not up on all of these things. I've watched them, but I don't know the canon. <laughs> awesome, man. So do you have any advice for anybody trying to get in the acting world? Well, I think first you have to act. You have to stop pretending you're an actor and actually be an actor. I mean, you have to study it and then get cast and stuff. Uh, and, and you can do that, depends on where you are, you can do that at whatever level, but you have to kind of get your, your basic skills together. Um, and then you can uh, assault the real world. Obviously some people get like picked out of nowhere because of a look or a style and they have to learn on the job and that happens too but I don't think you want to uh, pretend that that's what's going to happen to you because it, you know you're one in a million if it does but um, it's like all these people who go on American Idol and stuff I mean they've been singing all their lives I mean they that just didn't happen they said oh I'll go on American Idol I can carry a tune <laughs> well they auditioned and then they're 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 shown in the, the the blooper reel, you know, or the like the lousy audition, the joke <laughs> audition reel. But um, if you want to act, I think you have to study and you have to get jobs in acting. And and, and uh, I would say you then have to go someplace, depending on where you are. You have to go someplace where there's where there's theater or film, and there are opportunities. And uh, if you can, if you're going to come to LA, I would recommend coming with an agent and a job, which is not the easiest thing to do, but uh, for an actor particularly, but uh, uh, it, it's easier for a writer to do that. Now you've got the internet and you can showcase yourself on YouTube. You can put stuff out there so people can see you and, and, and they can find you. And that's 
change things dramatically because you don't have to find them, they can find you. Uh, they weren't looking before, I mean, until they absolutely had to, but now they, they look routinely because somebody else might get you if you're great and they won't, so. Very true, even on I, TikTok and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you can do all that stuff and just and show your, your skills and your tits, okay. <laughs> Hey, for real, you know, even that for helps, real. right? Not at all. That's true. Yay. Unfortunately, <laughs> it doesn't work for us guys, right? We kind of just show our balls or something, you know? Well, you can, but <laughs> it won't. It won't get you, you know, the kind of it won't get you the kind of act of recognition you're looking for. <laughs> you know, it might get might get you a revenue stream, <laughs> but I, it might it probably will not get you the kind of recognition you're looking for. Wear some pants with like ball cleavage or something. <laughs> yeah, you could. You could do that. <laughs> you, could, you could try. <laughs> I mean, well, you know, yeah, I, I don't know anybody who was discovered because of that that I can think of. But I know people who've exploited it once they were known, but not the other way around. But uh, it's different with women because, because there is a much larger industry uh looking at naked women than there is looking at naked men so uh and uh i mean it's one of those things that's like systemic it might change but odds are it won't because people you know men certainly are not going to suddenly fall out of love with boobs so mm -hmm. uh um and enough people have become successful you know like marilyn monroe was a classic example i mean that was how she that was her first clutch up the, up the ladder and and uh, why it marked it marked her for life then i don't think it would mark anybody for life now but it's less frowned upon now well it all depends on on what you do and yeah exactly if you if you are doing it if you create it yourself i guess i don't i don't know i have to ask rose mcgowan or somebody who's an expert <laughs> of what the rules are <laughs> Awesome, Bruce. Well, hey, man, you know, I've had plenty of guests on and you're fucking hilarious, man. Well, thank you. Well, I had a great time. Thanks. Thank you. And uh, anything you'd like to cl yeah. plug, man, social media? No, I got nothing. Just screaming Chewy. Just awesome. And, you know, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on, man. Sure. I will see you all. See you all. Later. You all. Bye.
Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to support this podcast, check out anchor.fm slash screamingchewy gmail.com. Any contribution is greatly appreciated and that makes you my producer. If not, that's cool. I'm just happy you're tuning in. And hey, Screaming Chewy Show merch. Yeah, that's right. At teespring.com. Just Google teespring, T-E-E spring, Screaming Chewy Show. Just Google that. It'll take you right there. And uh, yeah, you could buy hoodies, t-shirts, socks, masks. You know, if there's any stuff you'd like to see on there or purchase, just let me know and I'll add it on. And uh, yeah, you'll be rocking, styling, social media. Don't forget to follow me on there on Facebook, Screaming Chewy Show. I like to share memes, just make up stupid shit, share my episodes on there and just whatever. Um, Check out my YouTube for video versions of my podcast episodes. Also in between episodes, I like to add me streaming. Yeah, watch me get scared playing a creepy game or die playing PUBG or some shit. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah, just check out my YouTube and uh, Twitter. It's at Screaming Chewy. Yeah, not Screaming Chewy Show. I should change it to that. But for now, it's just Screaming Chewy. And uh, thanks again for tuning in. See you next week. Peace.